Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is singer-songwriter, musician, Lee Jones. Lee, welcome to the show. How are we doing, Patrick? So Lee Jones is uh, uh, half of the musical duo, Eugene, Oregon-based musical duo, Buffalo Romeo. Keenan Dorn uh, could not make it today, uh, but we'll be dropping his name a lot. Him and, and you, I, I first became aware of your music uh, as Buffalo Romeo at the Emerald Valley Opry at Willamette High School quite a few years ago. Uh, had you on the show, uh, now it's been about a year and a half ago, and our friendship has has grown quite a bit since then, mostly through social media. And so I always enjoy chatting with you. So again, Lee, thanks for doing this. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, nice to be back, as they say. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk today about some really interesting things. Uh, COVID-19 regulations and indie performance. Uh, we're going to talk about some some music that you're working on, some music that you've made in the past, and tell some stories about uh, music in Eugene. So uh, yeah, this will be really cool. Now let's get into the music part first. We're always, like always, I end every episode with a song, but today we're going to have a little treat. You're going to play about a minute of a single that you're working on. And it's a it's a song that has already been out, but is that correct? But this is going to be kind of a redone version of it. It never, uh, it was never made into a decent studio track ever. I have some live video of me doing it in uh, Burn, North Carolina at some coffee house playing barefoot, I might add, and, uh, and doing a live version of Let's Not and Say We Did, which I wrote in, I had to have written it in 1992. Wow. Wow. I, was, I had been doing this whole country music thing that I know we talked about last time I was on. I was, had spent time in Nashville, and one of the songs I wrote was this thing, Let's Not and Say We Did, because it's a perfect catchphrase. You know? Right. So it's kind of been on, you know, just kind of in the vault and then something recently happened you had been uh, talking to an artist you can talk on that oh well the main thing that happened uh was was when keen and i keen and dorn and i got together and formed this this duo not long after we met i mean it took a couple of years for us to fall into the uh cosmically perfect pairing of this ridiculously virtuosic uh string player and musician and uh and me uh who you know doesn't read music but writes songs and sings and and plays guitar and isn't afraid to stand up and you know spin yarns between songs so uh, uh and then as we've gotten into this we did that hang on ruthie 
recording uh, and video. And then uh, we got Delphio Marsalis to play on a new recording of Big Money, which was about uh, uh, campaign finance. It's still about campaign finance. And then right here in the end of 2020 and the beginning of 21, we recorded, I don't know if you ever heard this, I'm pretty sure you did, uh, uh, Please Come to Atlanta, which was a spinoff of uh, Please Come to Chicago by uh, Graham Nash. Yeah. So real quick before we and I want to stop there just for a second with Hang On Ruthie. uh, We played a little bit about about that track when you were on. So it was a kind of a spoof of Hang On Sloopy and Hang On Ruthie, Ruthie Hang On. And it didn't work. Uh, So uh, when the song was released. It didn't, she couldn't hold on. Duh. Uh, and then, yes, I did have a little bit to do with the, the song about uh, Georgia. I helped you with the album cover for that one. Just quick little, some, some artwork and whatnot. And, and so let's, before we get more into uh, Let's Not and Say We Did, the, the song that we're you're working on right now, let's talk about that. So a lot of your music tends to uh, have some activism in it and some stories about that. And so I don't want to sidetrack you from the story you were telling about the, how this was going, but I think this is a good yeah, point. This yeah, is a good time. Yeah. Just, just remind two... me to keep talking about the Eugene Wrecking Crew. Okay? Right, okay. So, yeah, because <laughs> so, so maybe we'll come back to that. So maybe we'll come back to that because I want to play the single. So, yeah, so you've done a lot of different stuff, though, along the years. Go, so go on about this is the House Cleaning Swing States Roadshow. So one of the things you traveled the country – trying to to promote some social causes in swing states, right? I did. I did a very short and impassioned uh, time starting in about 02 through 06, writing and maybe uh, maybe 2001. It was right after uh, 9-11 and and George Bush started planning to uh, uh, liberate Iraq, you know, that I started this thing called the Swing States Roadshow, which was based on a single song called Turkeys in Texas, which I had written a long time before. And so I did two albums. This is the second of them. This came out in 04 and 06. And the first one came out in 04. And they're on my, a bunch of the songs are on my Reverb Nation uh, page, uh, slash Lee Jones, number two, two. Yeah, I got a link to that in the show notes. For yeah, sure. cool. Yeah, so that's like 60 songs on that thing. It's like all kinds of history on that on that page but at any rate I, that was uh, by the time we got to 06 yeah i'd played in seven states and you know i would have raised more money for the causes uh, if i had done car washes you know is is how i felt about it but on the other hand i got to play with the best fiddle player uh well, he, he recorded with us alexander mitchell the best fiddle player in three states over there um and that's counting west virginia and uh old time i mean he's just a he's just a great swing musician and he he made this song but and and, uh dave uh uh, dave and seth were uh clarinet and uh and uh uh dobro uh also you know the best in five counties in any direction or maybe further um and then after having done that and been able to play some shows with these guys, I was, I was like, it was a, it was a major lift up uh, for me as a, as a performer, because I've always had like uh, confidence issues, believe it or not. Like, no, I think that's cool. I, I can relate. It's an yeah. imposter syndrome is what, is what it's called. And I think that the best artists 
they live with that, you know? And so I think that's really powerful. So yeah, so we're going to play a clip uh, of Let's Not and Say We Did, and then we'll talk about it on the other end. So let's do that. Calls me up on Friday, sounding pride and wound up tight. He says, grab your boots and paychecks, son, we're gonna have some fun tonight. Well, I'll meet you at the Bon Ton, have a little drink with maybe more. Find some ladies, do some dancing, leave our troubles at the door. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, but then somewhere off in the back of my mind, the voice of reason speaks. Last time you went out with Billy, your head hurt for the next two weeks, so let's not... I mean, if that thing don't swing, I don't know what does. No, it's pretty awesome. So the piano was now... What's his... Uh, this is an artist you'd mentioned his name before. The name is Joe Crown with a K. And this He's is all a... over YouTube. He's got... He's just an amazing, you know, boogie-woogie and New Orleans-style piano player. So there's some uh, connection. Crown. So Joe Crown, and this is something that talking to you, I'm not familiar with him, but the you when you told me about this, this is a big deal to you. So that's significant, you know. Oh well, he he. There's a guy named Professor Wong here. I don't know what even what his name, his real name was, but he's like the 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 grandfather of New Orleans piano. Right. And uh, and Joe Crown took over for Professor Wong here at Tipitino's as the house pianist. Wow. That's so, all you need to know. So this song captures kind of that feel uh, of New Orleans music, and, and there's a broad swath of that. What is it that, that is your deep connection to New Orleans? Uh, my, uh, my grandmother lived um, in Mississippi. My dad was born in Mississippi, and uh, we visited Mississippi every summer for a number of days, coming and going somewhere else. Um, so I had relatives all across Texas as well. So that's, you know, I have a lot of this, this accent is sort of assumed, I, I guess, but I can't really get away. I can't get away from it, especially when I'm singing. Right. Uh, I think yeah, that's great. But anyway, she, she lived in Southern Mississippi and, uh, the city of New Orleans, the train ran by there, uh, and you, you know, run by in the middle of the night, you hear it. And, and it was a quarter mile from her house maybe. And, uh, so I didn't really spend any amount of time in new orleans until uh i got married and there's a number of really funny stories that are associated with that that honeymoon um and sometimes i used it but we we haven't told it lately but uh it's a good story about uh how we got flown over to a train stop in the uh at three o'clock in the morning out in fulton kentucky to pick up the amtrak which was the city of new orleans going down to New Orleans for our honeymoon. Um, but uh, while we were on our honeymoon, there's a guy named Johnny Donalds, who was a street photographer. who had a nice shop right down there. And uh, we walked into his store and he introduced, you know, he, we talked and he took us up into his lab. He had, he had had Frank Sinatra and the whole brat pack up there. And uh, uh, he just had been doing it forever. And he had all these black and white prints on his walls. And we told him we just got married. He says, "Well, you have to take one of my pictures." So he sent us home with one of his uh, one of his photos framed. He had it mailed to us, in fact. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've been a big fan of the uh, whole Southern thing, including Southern food. 
including shrimp and crab and all that stuff, uh, gumbo and jambalaya and all that business. And the music um, started for me with uh, uh, Pete Fountain, who was a jazz uh, clarinetist who played New Orleans style jazz. And so I was listening to big band music in high school and I was digging in where possible over into uh, uh, you know, derivations of Dixieland and stuff. I always dug it. So one of and, the uh, one of the yeah. things with your music, I mean, we had mentioned "Hang On, R- Ruthie" and the song. What, again, what was uh, the song about Atlanta? What was that one called? Please come to Atlanta. Yeah, and yeah. so that was basically about getting the voter turnout, you know. So, uh, yeah. and and it that one did work, by the way. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, if we're looking I'm, for causality. Yes. Yeah. yeah so I mean, I kind of mentioned that you've done a lot of music about activism. In your in your type of the genre of music is so abstract in what you do you blend so many different elements of Americana and folk and country and all that, but there isn't a group of people that like your music that probably don't agree with your politics and and do you find do you find that music is a great opportunity to at least be heard where you're not going to be interrupted? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as performing musicians, um, you know, thinking you're never going to be interrupted is. you know i don't know about that uh but we don't you know the thing is the thing is our live performance uh we did hang on ruthie but i mean as far as a strident political statement goes uh hang on ruthie was not anything like harsh it wasn't there wasn't a mean bone in its body right it didn't even mention the other side it didn't mention anything it was just talking it was just celebrating it was really clever. That's why it was so, that's why it was so successful. It was a perfect idea when it, it all just dropped into my head at one, one moment. I mean, almost simultaneously, the video, the whole thing, you know, and that, and it's because it was a funny song and it was advocating for something. Right. And you have to really go out of your way. You know, I would imagine that a whole lot of the people who liked hang on Ruthie were moderates or even, republicans sure well and i think that's true too a lot of your message is i may say activism but really it's about kindness and acceptance and that kind of stuff and so i mean if that's something that somebody's viewpoint is the opposite of i don't know really know what to tell them you know i mean a lot of it just has a positive message i guess it's more about your social media stuff you get you get very open which i admire you know especially you'll, you'll say things with where you don't have answers you know you ask questions like what the heck is going on you know kind of thing yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, once I got done with the Swing States Roadshow, I, I swore off uh, writing any kind of strident, mean material. Right. And for me to write, I, I'm just not really that much of a contemporary folky where I'm going to, I'm going to bang out songs, you know, that cycle with the, uh, the social justice cause of the day. Um, but I do have some ideas uh, about, uh, I have a really good idea, in fact, about uh, the, it's the song um, the, the Game of Love. Uh, and the, I can't remember the, guy, the guy's name, but the purpose of it's from the late 60s, early 70s. Oh, yeah. Purpose of a man is to love a woman and the purpose of a woman is to love a man. Stop. So you can take that song and stand it completely on its head. You know, and talk about the degenderification of of our social consciousness, sure, which yeah. I have been like, 
you know, uh, a very good friend of mine has uh, has expressed their uh, uh, gender fluxedness uh, to me, and I've had a good deal of, uh, you know, along with the black Black Lives Matter issues and movement and you know history as we've been you know learning over the last length of time that we've been paying attention um right right uh, uh it's it's been a very good year for um my eyes kind of coming open but to try to write funny things about what's going on i've just i've been yeah well, that makes not, sense because a lot of you, gig, you know? no, and I think, and it's not that you're not willing to touch on the topic. Like I said, on your social media feed, you're pretty open about this stuff, but there's a time and a place because your music is a lot of times, like you said, we, we heard it in that uh, little clip that you had played about kind of the New Orleans style of music. It was real fun and upbeat. And in order to make that, that takes a lot of nuance to be able to make that fun and talk about issues of oppression, you know? So it's really difficult when the right thing can strike you, you can find that that balance and i'm sure it will you know but yeah i know exactly what you mean as a writer myself i mean i haven't been as accomplished as you have with music but i definitely know the process of of creation and it's it's sometimes you can be tongue-in-cheek but sometimes you know you're like this is just not working you know yeah so. yeah well the thing for me is i i don't feel compelled to write music yeah at all it just comes uh, yeah and if something if something just just won't let go then you know, I might be able to garner my, you know, gather my attention and uh, and work on it. Um, this loops back to, you know, the uh, the good things that happened in 2020. You can you find? I mind if I ask you a question? While sure. No, you, absolutely. What was what you know, what was something good that happened for you in 2020? Man? Oh, you know, I mean, okay. So you had kind of alluded to it, talking about Black Lives Matter, and then uh, some of the. The changing gender norms, I guess we'll call it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think awareness clicking for, for things, especially with race about privilege and things like that. Some of the language is, is becoming more, uh, I guess, with critical thinking, you know, you know, it allows us to acknowledge some of that kind of stuff. I think that's one thing on a more personal level. Uh, COVID shutdowns have shown me my core unit how valuable it is i already knew it was but i i know now that that's what i want to build on first instead of like i, I want to start there more and then branch, what does that and mean then branch, your core unit well my home life you know like oh, my, yeah. my family my my partner it, it's so yeah. important that we we build this because that's because we were we were then so enclosed in in this last year into like our shelters that that uh it showed what was really important. It showed that you got to where you're, where you're at on the day to day and nothing outside of that can really matters that much. I'm very grateful though to me and you have coordinated and talked quite a bit this year and have not been in the same room once, you know, and that actually brings me to a really important segue. Like I want to talk about COVID-19 regulations for an indie performer. Now for you personally, you had a very personal uh, situation with covid so you, okay, so this is kind of hard for me to understand. We talked a little off air. So no, you have, is it true you have three kidneys? I got three. Three kidneys. I, so um, there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks about COVID uh, vaccinations for the immune compromised. Uh, I'm not sure the terminology, so you'll have to help me walk through this. But for you, you had gotten the COVID vaccine. But the question <laughs> is, is the effectiveness because of your transplant. So speak on that. 
Okay, yeah. So there were a number of articles. There was a Harvard study that came out that I looked at the abstract and uh, it's pretty pretty dense stuff, but I spoke to my nephrologist recently, uh, very recently, um, on my phone, and uh, just like we're doing here, and he said uh, what they did can't be replicated in the kind of test, uh, the antibody test that I took a few weeks ago. He actually learned that um, um, that antibody test does not, in fact, test for uh, uh, immunity to COVID. It tests for antibodies generated by people who have had COVID already. Right. So it's a completely different test. And uh, my general practitioner was like, "Why are we have? Why are we seeing this test? You know, that doesn't have any any role in uh, in your treatment plan right now." So anyway, it was it was it was a learning moment for all of us. And uh, basically, uh, it's one of these nobody knows things. Right. Uh, 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 my body is, uh, uh, I haven't been sick for five years. So I think, you know, I have a naturally resilient system and I got the, the vaccines. Um, I think that makes me potentially more dangerous than um, any other person who has gotten the shots and doesn't have any, you know, compromised thing going on because I'm the one who can have it. And now being having been vaccinated, I'm, I could be the one who has it, doesn't know it. Right. And if I'm walking around with no mask on, I'm the one who's dangerous. You know, my friends who are vaccinated have a better chance of actually being vaccinated. That's the general consensus banded. I think that number of 40 percent that the Harvard study, uh, sorry, the Hopkins study, um, pointed out and once again just you know, look it up yourself on the internet folks sure. we're just ball we're just ballparking here um <laughs> important disclaimer we are not medical doctors <laughs> right uh, it's, uh, it's scary that that has to be said that i'm not a doctor but yeah 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 so <laughs> yeah. so basically my vague understanding my specific understanding is that i should not go amongst people who i don't trust uh inside yeah see this is where it's difficult because, you know, we don't know the exact facts and, and science. No one truly does because this is so new with COVID. Now, you had talked about how uh, the antibody test is, is not going to be effective to see because I think the mRNA vaccines are not, you don't, it does, it's not like a typical flu shot. You don't get COVID given to you like in trace amounts. So that's not how it works, you know. So I, I would imagine that there's medication that you have to take because of a kidney transplant daily, correct? Like, is it, is it, or frequent, yeah, frequently that keeps, that keeps my body, those, those, it, yeah, it tells uh, your body, it tells your body. Cause the MRNA, the way that I've understood it is that it is telling your body that, that whatever is trying to come in, in this case would be COVID that that's not accept. That's not okay. So reject it. So if you're taking kidney medication or like this transplant medication, your body is going to say, reject that medication. Your body's defenses, your shields, you know, are not on full power. Right. Your shields are on lowered power as a result of so and, that's scary so you you don't you don't we don't react to the fact that you got a an alien uh, kidney right and so there. that's scary because you know yeah. your whole not not just hobby but career and livelihood and all that stuff is is wrapped up in live performance with face-to-face -face interactions with a bunch of people <laughs> and so 
What is that? Yeah. What is that feeling for you? And this is why it's relevant. The science of it, the fact of it, all that stuff is important. It's very important. But each individual is going to have to make choices. So for you, with unmasking and live concerts, where's your stance on that today? It's going to change, you know, as we evolve. But I mean, because it's not going to be full capacity with people that are unvaccinated. They're going to take the masks off too, you know, and how do we go about that? Well, we're doing our first indoor show up in Oak Ridge uh, next week now on Thursday night, the 17th. Um, and I will be uh, adhering to my dear wife's admonitions uh, uh, to just stay the hell away from everybody. She doesn't want me, <laughs> she doesn't want me to do the show. That's a good rule of thumb uh, in life yeah, in general. But, but anyway, it's, it's the place is called the three legged crane. And it used to be the, um, uh, uh, the Brewers union, Brewers local union. And it's just a, a, a fabulous pub, a social hub, uh, and a good place for live music, perfect acoustics and a really cozy room. But, uh, yeah. Um, so because it's cozy, you know, I'm going to be staying in my corner. Uh, and having Keenan, you know, bring me whatever, you know, bring me a sandwich or whatever. And then when I need to leave, I'll just step outside. But the, the, the folks at the, at the, at the crane there had, uh, John Crane said uh, that they are uh, requiring, you know, reminding people that standing up with your mask off is not cool. So it's, sure. like, it's, it's the same thing. Just uh, keep your mask on in, inside. And uh, uh, when you sit down to when you sit down, you take it off. Yeah, it's so tricky. I mean, I think that a lot of people are going to do the right thing in this and just follow guidelines. But pretty soon, all those guidelines are going to be lifted. You know, and I and and it's it's you can't stereotype. You can't look at someone and know like, well, that person. I don't think they're vaccinated. You just don't know. And it's a okay. little bit questionable. I'm. I don't know. Like the asking for the cards is really tough because certain because it, it's just. It's get, you're going to get the people that are proudly going to show it to you. And then the people that are upset that you asked, that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, I think so. the idea of having special access, like at the, at the Olympic trials, uh, they're going to have some uh, vaccinated only spectator sections, I believe. I believe yeah. I heard no, that. No, I think that's true. Yeah. And the Blazers yeah. did the same thing. There's sections where you can sit with bigger groups of people. And I, I like the way that you worded that special access. It's like a backstage pass in the way that it's like, look, you can still enjoy the show if you don't want to show your your stuff. But that's these are these are privileges at that point. These are not just normal everyday. You can still, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like these are things that yeah. we don't necessarily need. That that's the reward. I don't I don't like the idea of giving a million dollar prize for a vaccine, but I do like the idea of opening up some privileges like that. Like you can get special seats where you can sit with strangers and enjoy a show and and more normalcy. You know, comfortable normalcy. I mean, hopefully, we get back to real normalcy within the next yeah. calendar year. But tying tying this, um, you know, issue of activism and the power of music and whatnot. Although we didn't really say anything about the power of music, but I guess I'm going to. Um, <laughs> now's the time. Yeah, now's the time. Just set it up. Uh, uh, um, what what my favorite thing about 2020 was that our dog. Bogart um, became the, the ambassador to the neighborhood. And we ended up, we were you know, kind of surrounded by college students here, except for a couple of uh, adults, you know, off in straight corners. Um, 
within a, a door each of us. And so, um, and there's a, a, you know, there's a band that lives next door over here and we've worked that, you know, those rough edges out. And uh, there was a, you know, Viola a grad, you know, a student over here and these people over here who were doing slack line out in their front yard. And then over there, they're playing badminton with no net and, and the dog would just go over there and just get involved with, with whoever. And, and I ended up, I uh, had made a note about, you know, wanting to like get deeper into a sense of community and it all ties in with, you know, the, the other issues uh, that we were talking about the black lives matter thing. And it's like, it becomes like a just matter of kind of soul outreach, you know, uh, where if once you get into it, it's like you don't really just draw the line at you know different people. It's like either you're in it or, or you're not. So I got to know all of our the sense of community around here became really a thing. A guy down lives down rents a place down the alley. Came out one time and, and he's always carrying this guitar case around. He said, uh, you know, you, you, we just did a street concert the other day, and I said, yeah. Yeah, you have to get a permit. He said, "No, just put some cones out and start playing." <laughs> and so we had just built this humongous retaining wall with a landing up above these steps. And uh, last year, when Jerry Jeff Walker died at the end of October in 2020, a personal hero of mine, one of my top three musically uh, and influences, uh, we did a Jerry Jeff Walker tribute show uh off of the porch here and so that was in october so it's really early yet but i think we're you know i can't remember the 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 level of precaution but it was basically stay six feet away from each other and wear your masks all the time and so we just had people bring chairs and they set up chairs out in the street in the parking strip and we played for like two and a half hours wow. and then and then and then you know just and, and it was like, God, everybody was like, oh, that's the best thing, having music. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. They're like coming around from there, crawling out of the, the woodwork around here and ended up all in the, the, the street and everything. And then, uh, and then the night before the election, uh, we decided to do another one. And, you know, the same, just for stress relief. Sure. Uh, yeah. And then we've done a couple of sneak, you know, guerrilla gigs over at 16 Tons. And, uh, you know, the, the, the palpable connection between us, I mean, I'll speak specifically to Buffalo Romeo and our audience when we, when we, you know, when we get, when we're in the right place, which is generally the case is, is just palpable. And it's like, it's, it, the connection is, is, uh, it's so rewarding. It's like, you know, it stops being an issue of, you know, a person on stage and a person in the audience and it just becomes like this, this thing, you know, right. uh, which is what I've been going for all my life. And, and, you know, circling back to another theme, when I got together with Keenan, we now are like a two man band and we can play, you know, a lot of stuff. We've got six sets of material and, you know, we could go into the lion's den and, and tame the lion. You know, it's like, it's, it's just a good scene. Yeah. Uh, and that's because of the combination of my experience and my songs and my voice, you know. Sure. Uh, and then and his chops and his ear, you know. I mean, that's the thing that connected me with him with him musically right away. It wasn't all the flash bang stuff. It was the 
amazing sense of, of, of hearing. Yeah, hearing he's a talented, talented. Keenan is a talented, talented musician. I when I saw you guys live, I mean, it's to, it's to say the least. His he's a guitar he's a guitar aficionado. There is no question. It's pretty impressive. So I encourage anybody listening to this to check out Buffalo Romeo. You're gonna have to go, you know, click around. Uh, you ha- now have music on Spotify and Apple Music and that kind of stuff. But like you had said, Reverb Nation is where a lot of your material would be found. Uh, and there's gonna be a link in the show notes wherever you're listening or watching this podcast. Yeah, the power of music is something pretty expe- pretty special. And with COVID, these little outdoor performances were pretty good for, for our soul, you know? And, and I've known quite a few different people that have done similar things, but it's pretty cool you're doing it from your porch and probably made a long-term connection with your neighbors, like you had said. Yeah, yeah, that's the sense of community. I think it's just really just, it's, it's, it's going to be uh, hard to... Uh, not go out of my way now to make sure that I know everybody around here, which has right. not been the case. Yeah, and it really brings people together, you know. So, well, I think I'm gonna do. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play a song uh, at the end of this, and so I think we, I want to talk to you about what this song represents. This song is uh, a personal, or this is an individual. This is a song by you, Lee Jones, um, even before the Buffalo Romeo days, because you've been making music for for quite a while. But did you tell me that this song? This song is called Integrity. Didn't you told me that this was made in in ninety two? Is that correct? This no, that was uh, let's not. Okay, that's the other one. Yeah, yeah, that was written in ninety two, and we never got a good recording of it. So that thing you played, by the way, the Joe Crown piece, uh, it's 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 already done. The final mix is finished, and we're getting it mastered, and we're going to release it as a single, and it's got kazoo on it. As soon as that is done, uh, let's not say we did, when we played a little clip, I will definitely feature that on the podcast on an episode. So, yeah. uh, and that one Joe, will be on. Joe loved it. I mean, we, I've been, I've been like, God, I hope he likes this recording. It's pretty cool. He's, he's the basis of it, you know? So yeah, yeah. met him and uh, Delphio Marsalis within 14 hours of each other in New Orleans. I mean, there's something about New Orleans, man. Oh yeah, I've never been. I need to go. So let's talk yeah. about it. Let's talk about integrity, and then we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. So so okay. so integrity. Tell me about this song, the inspiration for it, and and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going through some self help workshop thing that was kind of a, a spinoff of uh, Wing of uh, Life Spring, which was a very aggressively recruited self help program that cost money, and then there was extra layers of stuff you could go through and that cost more money and you're supposed to bring in all your friends. Um, but I, I went through this program and they were not aggressive in that way. And, and uh, I developed a uh, little credo, you know, when you do, when you do these things, you come out with something that you can remember, like some simple phrase. So I'm, I'm an open and loving man of integrity. And I had been reading about integrity and, and what it, uh, what it means, what it really means, rather than just somebody who tells the truth, you know, somebody you can trust. Uh, as I read into it and 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 put together a number of you know writings that I'd uh, dissected and came up with the notion that, well, if you are, you know, if you're good with words and you're good with kids and you like you know, figuring out how things work, you know, then maybe you, maybe you, maybe you're a teacher, you know, maybe, and when, and if you can incorporate the other things that you like, uh, and are good at and are interested in into your daily existence, it makes 
uh, it feels good for one thing because all of your, all of your cylinders are firing right, and uh, and it brings the greatest version of you out. And is I, I think I was really um, I was, did some workshops um, called creating integrity um, around that notion, uh, and and you know uh, a lot of it is just a matter of how of of stating the intention you know it's like for for someone and if you know then you have to figure out what is the intention what's missing in my daily life that uh uh is some really important part of myself that i've just let go you know right um and so so yeah so this if this song's if this sounds like a song of affirmation uh, from a self-help workshop it was <laughs> right, right that's pretty transparent that's good and uh and uh yeah and it's, it, it is what it is my dad was fishing in lost creek up uh uh up lost creek road in dexter when i was sitting on the bank uh next to him in the opening line of uh well i've been second guessed by the best of them left for dead by the rest of them just dropped into my brain and I went, all right, there's a song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just got to write the rest of it. It's pretty cool how it falls into place like that. So, so where are you going to be performing next? What's coming up for Buffalo Romeo? Uh, the 17th up in Oak Ridge. Indoors. 17th of June. So that's in a of couple June. days. Oh, wow. So that's in, yeah. uh, that's in a few days in Oak Ridge. This Thursday. So this Thursday, Thursday at what's, what's the venue? It's called Three Legged Crane. Okay. It's a brew, it's a brew pub and it's an old English style pub. It's really a sensationally non-commercial, funky, wonderful, old style meeting house. Awesome. So, so yeah. They so, don't have TV. They, there are no TVs in there. <laughs> there's yeah. Well, well. Either way, Buffalo Romeo will be there, and that's what matters. So we will be there. So, and the other place we will be is uh, uh, this coming Tuesday. At sixteen tons on south in South Eugene, next to the market of choice. So that's in a couple days. So on the fifteenth, that's the twenty second. Twenty second, Tuesday, the twenty second. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. we so, just we just got to get back to sixteen tons in June. That's the only day we can do it. Nice. And Mike and Mike lets us play whenever we want to. We love Mike. <laughs> so now, anybody uh, listening or watching this, you can find Buffalo Romeo on social media, uh, primarily Facebook. You can find uh, you know event notifications and that kind of stuff. There's a YouTube link. as well. There's a whole lot of YouTube. Cool. And this, you know, yeah. So click around on, on the show notes of this and you'll be able to find more. Look up Buffalo Romeo and also Lee Jones, L-E-A, uh, Lee Jones. Uh, so, yeah. So we're going to end this. Thank you so much, Lee. It's always a, a treat to chat with you. And I hope, you know, with your health stuff, I hope that uh, the, the community is, is respectful of your desire and your wife's desire to have you stay in your words the hell away from everyone so yeah respect is uh, is, is such a nice thing i kind of miss it um, right yeah so I, with all due respect to you thank you for hosting this show and for doing your part for community patrick and uh and uh i wanted to, uh, the check notes on this song it's like it's a straight acapella song um recorded by the tones uh which was a vocal group back in the uh, 80s here in eugene and Joe Crown, the reason we're putting it on the record is because Joe Crown played Hammond B3 behind it when he went to the studio to record Let's Not and Say We Did. I said, could you throw down some Hammond on this thing? Because he's a beast on the Hammond as well. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, that'll be fun. He said, what, what tone do you want? Do you, you want it churchy? I said, yeah, man, make it churchy. So that's what we got. Here. That's pretty rad. It's pretty cool <laughs> to see 
artists so excited to work with other artists. You know, it's such a it's such a cool thing. I love it. Collaboration I, is the, is what makes music so much more fun. Writing yeah. writing can be therapy, but collaboration can be so rewarding and community like you had talked about. So well, we're going to end this with a song. Thanks again, Lee Jones. Check out Buffalo Romeo. This is Integrity by Lee Jones. Well, I've been second-guessed by the best of them. Bo, bo. Left for dead by the rest of them. Bo, bo, bo. But I'm a good man, a strong man. Live by a, a good plan. Oh, hey, oh, integrity. Started out afraid to fall Here I am now standing tall Good man, the kind man Live by a good plan Oh, hey, oh, integrity Yeah, once in a while the spell is broken heart and the door flies open, open the door to integrity, whoa, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, be a good man, a stronger man, live by a good plan, oh, oh, integrity. You know the man in the business suit He could add this to his pursuit To be a strong man, a wise man Lead with a good plan Oh, integrity You know the world is a lonely place to be saving face Be a good man Kind woman Live by a, a good plan Oh, hey, oh, integrity Oh, yeah, yeah One fine day The spell is broken Yeah, yeah You go with your heart Door flies open. Whoa. Fame and fortune I may not find. There is one thing I'll leave behind the life of a, a good man who lived by a, a good plan. Oh, hey, oh, integrity.